everybody. I'm Natalie McLeese. Hey, everyone. Take cover, everyone. This is Alex Vasquez reporting live from the front lines of the greatest battle never fought in Pasadena, California. Whoa, hold on. Oh, we're going down. We're going down. Ah! Whoa, Natalie, put on a helmet. Get down, you're going to get hit. Natalie, welcome to the Do Weekly Podcast, a weekly challenge podcast for small business owners. By small business owners. As I said previously, my name is Alex Vasquez. And I'm Natalie MacLeese. So Natalie, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Alex. Had a busy week. Spoke at WordCamp Los Angeles over the weekend. You did, and I was there to witness your talk. You were. What did you think? I thought you gave an astounding talk, and I think having seen you speak a number of times over the years, I think it's one of your better talks, or one of your best talks yet. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yeah, so you're you're definitely improving, and I thought it was great because I think it may have netted us a couple more listeners, I hope so. If they're hearing this for the first time, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're all traumatized now. So uh, we had a challenge last week, didn't we? We did. Plan, plan, plan. I met this challenge with a bunch of anger and remorse. (laughs) You say that like I imposed it upon you, like it wasn't your idea for a challenge. It wasn't my idea for a challenge. This was your idea. You've been wanting to do this for a long time. In fact, I think if we go back and we listen to the episode, no, this was not my idea. You manipulated me into saying, hey, we should do this. And then we did it. I see. It was my idea, but I manipulated you into saying it was your idea. Totally. All right, got it. I'm good. (sighs) Well, anyway, so did you do the challenge? Of course I did the challenge. (laughs) Did you do anything differently for the challenge? I think maybe I was a little more conscientious about, Yeah. you know, because something becomes a habit, maybe you're not always paying the most attention to it. Yeah. So I did pay a little more attention to, you know, making sure I was reasonably setting three tasks for the day. I did have a little bit of a challenging week because I had something I had planned to do on Monday, thinking it would take maybe an hour and a half at the most, and it ended up taking me more like a day and a half. That just threw off the plan for the whole week. Mm -hmm. But then... Other things took a little less time, so I think all in all it came out okay. Okay, awesome. Well, and you know, for those of you who don't know or don't know Natalie, she's she's very good at planning. I would say she's very excellent at planning. No one plans better than Natalie. She is the best. Like one time President Trump said, no one's a better planner. Oh, wait, Natalie's a better planner than me. That's my that's my Trump imperson, impersonation there, that's but like even he conceded that you were a better planner than that's him. That's pretty impressive. because he pretty much is the best at everything. That's what I keep saying, and no one believes me. So you're more conscientious. So with that awareness, did you do anything differently, or what were the things that you were most mindful about? I had to keep reminding myself not to get too stressed out that this one task was going way over. Because the rest of my plan could be shuffled around for the week, and it would all turn out okay. (laughs) So I did have to remind myself of that. Other than that, I don't think anything was really super different. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty neat. It doesn't sound like this was really a challenge for you. 
It was something I do all the time, but I find tremendous value and benefit from it. So I think it was still good to do as a challenge for other people to try if they're not already. I feel like you're talking about me. <laughs> not just you. There's all kinds of people who don't plan. What are some of the benefits that you get out of planning? You've been doing this. Can't you just do it all in your head? I don't think just doing it in your head works very well because as the plan has to change and adapt to the reality of how your day and your week and your month is going, I don't think your brain can keep up with all those changes. And also, I think a lot of us usually have more things going on that we have to pay attention to that we can actually yeah. hold in our brains at any one time. So there's something very stress relieving about having it all written out on paper yeah. because now I don't have to stress about, oh my gosh, I have to remember to do this on Wednesday because I've got it written down. It's on my Wednesday plan. You know, my brain can relax. I can let go of it. I don't need to be stressed out by right. thinking I have to remember. I have to remember. I feel like that's a good segue to talk about me. I'm kidding. I feel like you say that a lot. Kidding or talk about me. That's a good segue to talk about me. I do do that a lot. I'm, <laughs> I wish I was sorry. <laughs> I wish I was like, sorry. Well, anyway, that's enough about you. Let's talk about me. Well, what do you think people get wrong about planning? Because, you know, I, I know that for myself and I, I know other people who think like this too. It's like... Well, you know, I've got Todoist or I've got some other app where I do this stuff. What what do you say to those people who are like, well, I've already got a productivity app or, yeah, you know what? If it's really important, I'm going to remember it. Like, what do you what do you think people get wrong about about planning? Well, number one, not planning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but then I think thinking that, well, things are just so unpredictable. What's the point of having a plan? I feel like that is me. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like having that plan in front of me helps me remember what my priorities are and why those are my pri my priorities and it helps to keep me focused on things and to not get distracted by all the little things that come up because then when something does come up, I feel like I apply different criteria to it when I evaluate it. Yeah. Like how big of an emergency is this? Is this a, I must drop what I'm doing right this second and take care of this, which sometimes there are those things. Yeah. But other times I'll think, well, it's probably urgent enough that I should do this today, but I don't need to stop in the middle of what I'm doing. I can yeah. complete this task or I can even do two more things and then tackle this yeah. urgent thing that's come up. So I think just the extra... Just extra conscientiousness about what I'm choosing to take on and when. Yeah. And then to stay focused on the bigger picture, which I think that's the real thing that makes a difference for me is when I can stay focused on the bigger picture instead of kind of getting lost in the day-to-day -day minutia. I think that's a great segue to talk about me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I and I definitely feel pain points in in those areas that you that you speak about because you know I so I did do the challenge I did it at a very basic level I, I showed you my little planner and I'll, I'll take I'll take notes or I'll take a screen cap and just attach it just so you can see so some people talk about bullet journaling and stuff I'm not trying to do any any of that shit like I think for me the fancier something is or 
whatnot, like, I just am not going to use it. Mm-hmm. So I just did paper, pen, go. Like, I have a little notebook, that's it. I didn't do a very high-level bit of planning. I would say that the planning that I did was very tactical and not strategic. I just had a today box, and I had a this week column. So I just kind of put, like, some of the bigger ticket items that I was going to do this week, and I try to limit my daily stuff to, like, five things, which there's no magic number there. I If there is, I don't know what it is, but... You know, so I think the thing that I saw was that I was staying on task with those things that I needed to do, and I did get them done. And I even marked down things like going to the gym, doing CrossFit. Like, I put that on the list, even though it wasn't a work item, I still did it. Like, paid some bills, knocked it out, moved stuff over from the weekly to the daily lists as, mm-hmm. as needed. And that was it. But the the main pain point that I see in one that you touched on is focusing on the big picture. What I put together does not focus on the big picture. I believe that by, you know, doing a monthly, like monthly goals or annual goals, yearly goals, that will help me. Because I know like right now there's some campaigns that I need to manage that I'm trying to get finished. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to do these for a while. And, you know, I've made some progress, but ultimately I haven't done all the strategy I want. And it's a coordinated effort. It's not just me. You know, I have a marketing coordinator that's helping me with this stuff too. So like having a goal of like, okay, here's, here's the big idea. Here's the thing that we need to knock out. That would be a great way for me to be more strategic because, you know, that's why we do the podcast is to find ways to be more strategic by keeping things doable and, you know, kind of pushing the ball forward. So so I'm going to do my best to make this a habit. So I've done it one week, three more weeks. I think I can make it. I've got you enough. You can do it. I can do it. But uh, yeah, I think this was really helpful for me because, um, yeah, I, I do forget stuff, but I also don't commit to other common systems. So I think Todoist, which I pay for annually, I'm going to stop paying for it. Yeah, I, I tried using that a little bit for a while. It's a great tool. It's great. Yeah, I think that of all the productivity apps I've tried, that one comes the closest to the way that I like to work. But it was still, I don't know, it's still just not as good for me as pencil and paper somehow. Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with pencil and paper, and you and I both love stationery, so yeah. fuck it. I said I wasn't going to cuss. <laughs> I feel like this is every episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I got deeper into the episode before before I did it. Uh, progress. Yeah. Thanks for the high five, Nan. Uh, she did clapping your hands. Yeah. Okay. Just clapping my hands. Then I'll get better one day. <laughs> so I would say that we knocked the hell out of that uh, challenge. Yeah. I think we both did a good job. Good job, us. Way to go, us. That was a genuine high five. It was kind of lame, but it was genuine. Well, if I hit you any harder, you'd complain that you bruise like a peach. I do. I do. I'm very mm-hmm. sensitive. I feel I feel like I want to travel back in time, Natalie. I want to go far to the past, reaching my hands from the future and dropping them on a Natalie and Alex from 15 episodes ago. <gasps> 15 episodes? That's almost four months ago. That's almost four months ago. What happened in episode 15, Natalie? We organized our branding. Hoo-ah! What else did we do? (laughs) 
that was that was it. Episode fifteen, calling back to that. So for those of you who did the challenge and you forgot, <laughs> <I know. laughs> the challenge was gather your branding assets, like get your assets in order. Yes. <laughs> so what did that include? Logos. Mm-hmm. Any design things that have been done for your business, business cards, stationery, mm-hmm. ads, stickers, buttons, anything that's been yeah. designed. The reason why is because we knew that this was going to be a two-part challenge because it's hard to get all your stuff together, especially if it's not something that's at the top of mind, you know, like you're working on other stuff. But the idea was to get all your stuff together for this particular challenge. Woohoo, we're finally coming back to it. We're finally coming back to it. So go back to your shoebox, get all your branding assets, <laughs> put them right you put it all. Wherever you put it all, and if you got to go get it again, go back to episode 15 again and then come back to episode 30 here. What are we doing for this week's challenge? We are going to refresh our branding. Ooh, refreshing the branding. So some people are like, what the what? Branding. <laughs> but, I, but I'm a small shop. I don't need branding. I just Everyone need a logo. Branding. Branding. What, what's, what is branding anyway? It's what helps people identify your business. It's your identity. It's your identity. Any small business who's a small business has some sort of logo, whether it's just text or an image or something. Everyone, everyone needs something that identifies them. We're talking about rebranding, so we're talking about evaluating your brand, your logos. And I think one of the possibilities for the challenge is to completely redo it by hiring a professional. That's definitely one option. What's another option, you think? You could hire a low-cost professional. That is also something that you could do. Yes, we can talk about places to do that. Sure. You could DIY. Yeah, you could DIY it, and I've DIY done it. (laughs) DI done it. DI done it. And then also, so there's, you know, remaking the whole thing, but also I think that you, there are business owners who maybe don't have digital assets at all. Like they don't have a digital copy of their brand assets. So if you're happy with what you have, but you don't have like a high res version of your logo, maybe you can hire a designer to kind of produce one for you based off of what you have. Yeah. Based on something that was printed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or trace it. Or if you have like a low res, you could hire someone to do some nice tracing and create a yeah. Cleaned up, high-res vector version. Yeah, totally. So there, so there's a few options for this challenge. The idea is that you went through episode 15 first, so that's a prerequisite. Don't proceed with this challenge if you haven't <laughs> listened to episode 15 and given it a five-star rating on iTunes, you dig? You're very bossy. I'm very bossy today because I feel like a boss today. Wow. Okay. They wrote a song about me. Callus did. It was called I'm a Boss. I'm not sure that was about you. I felt like it was, especially when you watched the music video. All right, well. I don't recommend anyone watch it, though. Just kidding. It's really There's good. There's one place that I sure don't want to live, and that is the world inside your head. <laughs> it is chaos. <laughs> our, our friend and colleague Nathan once remarked, Alex, it must take a lot of energy to be you. 
And this is after I got into a heated debate over who was the most humble person, naturally, at a coffee shop. Naturally. Naturally. Who's so the most humble. Yeah. The person yeah. arguing the hardest that they're humble. Yeah. No one's more humble than me. No one. Okay. So we've got our <laughs> options. We've got our options got for our branding. Options. Yeah. Should we talk about each one real quick? Yeah, we should. All right. Hire a professional. Hire a professional. So a Price professional. Range? Ooh, price range. So here's the thing. <laughs> and, and you all may know this. This can be all over the place. Like logo designs and everything. I know designers who don't get out of bed for less than 10 grand, mm-hmm. which is pretty common. And I think depending on what you're doing with the brand and how important the brand is to your business. And brand is important to businesses. And I think, and this is something that you're going to be sticking with for a long time. So I wouldn't, I would say of the things that you could kind of skirt money on, don't do it on branding. Yeah. It's more important than people realize, I think. Because like a a good brand, a, a good logo in instills confidence i think like when i see a strong brand a strong uh logo something like that like people pause they look at it and i think that gives one more credibility when i did my business cards and i had my logo in branding redone last year it wasn't until i finally got my business cards made that people i think took notice like whenever i hand out business cards you know people look at the logo they're like oh and the cards aren't that special. They're a little bit thick and everything. So they do kind of stand out a little bit. But I think that makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. I use very thick business cards too. People oh. always comment when I give them to them. Yeah. Ooh, it's so nice. And they're $4 each. <laughs> they're not $4 each. So it, I Maybe feel like... 40 cents. I, I feel like there's a video going around on YouTube about your business card sucks. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, so, I haven't come across it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll maybe share it on the show notes. Okay. But yeah, so the branding is really important. And it, because in, in, a, in a very small period, like in a fraction of a moment, you can give yourself a lot of credibility just off the brand alone. Uh-huh. But, you know, I say 10,000. It could be more than that. And it could be a lot less, too. Oh, yeah. There, there's no standard in, in cost. Yeah. I, you could you could hire like a reasonably talented professional. I would say for maybe as low as one or two thousand mm-hmm. dollars to get started, and then like sky's the limit, a million dollars or more. Right? <laughs> like Pepsi. <laughs> like Pepsi paid a million dollars for their updated logo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's an option. So I think it's a good idea to have a budget in mind, and then right search for a designer who can work within that budget. Yeah, have a, have a budget in mind. I do think like a starting budget of at least a thousand dollars would be ideal. Again, there are no standards there, but for anything less than that, un- unless you're married to someone who does branding for a living, yeah, <laughs> like then I wouldn't do it. Yeah, it's probably a student yeah. or someone not professionally trained in design at all and if they're doing it for less than that yeah and there are people who focus specifically on branding like not all graphic designers not all designers are are brand designers so that's another thing to keep in mind Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay, so so that's a wide that's a wide range, one to ten thousand dollars. Yes. So again, as Natalie suggested, have a budget in mind before you start the search, mm-hmm. and you know just keep talking to people. Like you will find someone that will fit within your range. So what's another option you think? You could do a, a low cost option mm-hmm. um, through a, you know, freelance marketplace. Yeah. Um, you know, there's Fiverr, there's Upwork, there's free up <laughs> and they were on our show. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times the people that you're hiring there are overseas, which doesn't mean that they're not talented, but often a lot cheaper as the cost of living in other sure. countries is considerably less um, than in the U S uh, you'll want to make sure you check out portfolios and reviews of whoever you hire. Yeah. And, you know, like you and I have both worked with people offshore, near shore, and, uh, you know, with mixed results, you know, I've had good, good results. I've had some really bad ones too. (laughs) And, you know, you learn a lot in the process, but again, like hitting those reviews and, and, and not because they were a client or not a client, sorry. And not because they were a guest on the show, but I do, I do like, the concept of free up because with Upwork or freelance.com or any of those other marketplaces, like it's on you to kind of narrow down the field mm-hmm. and free up just kind of gives you somebody like they, yeah. they do the, but they vetted. They, they vet the person first and you kind of say, I want them in the U S or Asia or somewhere else. You, you decide what you want to pay, where you want the freelancer to be from and then you're just kind of given someone, you can talk to them. If you don't like them, you can request another person. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're getting started in this process, I think free up's kind of a good good route to go. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I've hired a couple of people off the service since we had them on the show, which now that I think about it, I was super smart of them. Like <laughs> they're, they're making money. Like I have someone working, like I have a designer right now who's working on design for a project and she's killing it like she's awesome and yeah i i want to work with this person more you know it, it's just those things uh but yeah like a marketplace is a great, great yeah there's alternative. a little insurance built into that as well yes because most marketplaces will back the work done so yeah if you're if you're really not happy and things don't go well you have a little insurance there yeah so in you know the price range can still be wide yeah um I, I would I would say you're probably looking at less than a thousand in most cases. Yeah, I, I would think so. But it's very a very defined scope of work, though. Yeah. And I mean, it always should be, regardless. Okay. Well, there's that, and then you mentioned Fiverr, which yes. I mean that's a marketplace too, but also it's a very misleading marketplace because most things on there cost way more than five dollars. Yeah. You know, I've used it a couple times just to have some quick concepts built for things. Mm-hmm. Like, I never go in there expecting to have, like, anything finished. Yeah, that's been my experience, too. So I think if you... It's usually real fast. Yeah, it's usually really fast. <laughs> Somebody's so, going to work that long for so, 20 or $30. Right. So if you go in there and you hire, like, two or three different designers to make a very quick turnaround of some sort of concept and you don't have access to designers anyway for, for less than a hundred bucks, you could get like a number of concepts put together and maybe you find one that you really like, and then you can either hire that designer for more money to, to do a finalized concept of that, 
Or you can go somewhere else mm-hmm. and have someone kind of build some branding based off of that. Yeah. Now, in it, so we're just talking about the logo. What are some other things that could be built or, uh, or created as part of the rebranding or, you know, what yeah. have you? Color schemes. Color schemes, yes. Color schemes are important. I feel like, yeah, color schemes, uh, typography. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Some branding guidelines. Yeah. And how to use the colors and the logos and the type. Yeah. So when I when I went through and redid my identity kit, I didn't think about it. it you would figure that this is something that I would think about. I didn't. And the designer I worked with, like, she just created the guidelines. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Uh, but can we change the fonts? And yeah. and that was that, you know. So it was one of those things that ended up working out really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can. And then when you adhere to those guidelines, whether you're, you know, well, not you personally, maybe, but designers that you hire, whether you're working on business cards or stationery or a website or a display ad or whatever it is, when you use those same guidelines, you get this very consistent look and feel across all of your design assets. Yeah. And it, it makes it easier to work with other people, other designers in the future too. Like designers love seeing guidelines. They're like, yes, "Yes." (laughs) like with the designer that I'm working with now on a client project, like, cause I, I was thinking about hiring her for my own site redesign. She's like, Oh, this is great. (laughs) I wish every client had this. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a good thing to have it and it makes you more efficient too. So. I ask for those every time I build a website, and maybe one out of ten times the client has it. Yeah, and you're lucky if they even have high-res versions of their logo. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. yeah. So, or is there anything else, like any other DIY? Brand? DIY? Ooh, DIY? DIY don't. <laughs> DIY don't. Well, it really depends on who you are, what your design background is how confident you feel in your own skills Mm -hmm. to produce something. But I think you would definitely want to get feedback from other people on what you've made um, so that you're not, it's hard to be objective about work you've done yourself. Right. So I paid to have my logo done the first time around. And then when I, that logo design became a little dated. I started doing it on my own and, you know, I capably made something Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of using Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. Uh, And that worked. That worked for like three, four years. But I knew that if I wanted something that really spoke to me, if I wanted something that was professional that would just catch eyeballs, Mm -hmm. you know, I I knew that was beyond my skill set. I know we're talking about DIY, but um, so I knew I had to let that go. So I think, again, just knowing knowing your, your wheelhouse and... What's, what you can do is important. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I totally repeated what you just said there. Why did I do that? <laughs> so, what? okay, so what are some tips for, for people who are trying to DIY this thing? You would definitely want to educate yourself about branding and make sure you had a good understanding of what it was, basic design concepts about balance, contrast, white space, mm-hmm. those kinds of things get feedback, you know, knowing technical things like how to use Photoshop or how to use Illustrator doesn't make you a designer. Sure. And and those are things that you should 
like know how to use or, or whatever the tool is, right? Like mm -hmm. it's less about the tool and more a conceptual sort of thing, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. But do you think it's valuable to to get people to give you feedback? Do you think it should be people within your own industry? Should you be looking outside of your industry? What perspectives should people be looking for? I think both. You want to be, I, I would ask other professionals in the same industry and I would ask people in my target audience too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that when I redid my logos, I, I did not do that. I just, I saw what I liked. I was like, that's it. And yeah. I feel like that's how I operate too. In that regard, trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Like if your gut says, fuck yeah, that's it. Yeah. Then, then that's it. Which that's... is what happened with my, with my logo. Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. Yeah. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's the one. Yeah. And isn't that a beautiful feeling? Like mm -hmm. just, it's like, it's serendipitous. It's like, yes, that is, that is 100% it. And it wasn't, it's funny because it's not about how it looks. It's about how it feels like that's yes. how I want my business to feel is mm -hmm. the way that logo feels. Yeah. I mean, can I do a little test with you? Yes. And I want you to be honest. <laughs> Don't be mean. But like when, so I'm having Natalie look at my logo. It, I have a sub mark and then a regular mark. But what do you think when you see this? How does it make you feel? It's very clean and the pixelation of it speaks to digital, I think. It's just simple and the color is really nice. I'm really partial to that shade of blue. I researched it. <laughs> it's the shape of, or it's the color of blue that is observed from space at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Actually, at nine o'clock in the morning on September 12th mm. over the Oregon skies. Okay. Which is when I was born. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe that part's not true. Yeah, that seems but, a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, like something. Whatever it is that you're going for, you know, I wanted clean, strong, digital. Mm -hmm. So it, so you pointed out a couple of those things, which was yeah. important. So, so you, you nailed know. it. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know. You've I, already I, done this challenge. Well, I didn't, I didn't do it myself. I did hire someone for that. But, you know, I hired, I hired a friend who specializes in branding. This was his thing. And... You know, and he did a great job. Like he walked me through his process and we got there. Mm -hmm. It, and there was a lot of, yeah, I don't like this concept. I don't like that concept. Can we, like, there was a lot of that. I felt like a shitty client, <laughs> you know, telling people like, oh, I don't like this one anymore. Yeah. I think whoever you work with, you know, just make sure you know what you're getting in terms of like revisions and, you know, just see how flexible they are in Spell that out as best as you can, it, because the design should be a collaborative process. It definitely should. Yeah, you should be having a lot of input along the way yeah. into what's happening, into colors, into feelings, into adjectives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You should be pretty involved with that along the way. Yeah, because, I mean, who knows better what to say about your business than you? Exactly. What do you want to put out into the world? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be? It's a big question. It's a big question. Very it's very philosophical. It is. It's, it's a big idea. It's a big challenge. So your challenge is get that branding done. Yeah, get it all spiffed up. Get it spiffed up or get it, get it remade. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the challenge this week. 
Yeah, you know, maybe you have an old DIY logo that you still kind of like, but you could hire a designer to clean it up, update yeah. it, yeah. modernize it. Yeah, modernize it. Spend some, spend some cheddar on it. Well, I feel pretty good about this. Me too. So, Natalie. Alex. Now, if people listening to this are like, but I like this podcast so much, how, how do I show them gratitude? Like, how, how could they help us out there? Well, they could subscribe to the podcast on... anywhere they get podcasts. Oh. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Podcast, TuneIn Radio. Wherever. Overcast. Google Podcasts. Sure. Uh, I you feel... right. A five-star review yeah. on iTunes. iTunes. That would be great. Now, Natalie, but what if they're like, well, I already subscribed to this podcast in my favorite podcast management app, but I want to go to the website. Why do our listeners have a weird accent that's pretentious? I feel like that's a lo- <laughs> I feel like that's a loaded question, and okay. I'm not going to answer it. I'm just going to leave right. that on you. All right. Okay. Well, uh, they could follow us on social media at Do Weekly Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. What if they wanted to visit us on the web? DoWeeklyPodcast.com. Sounds pretty good. Show notes. Show notes. <laughs> so we do this thing every Monday. First thing Monday morning. And we'd love it if you joined us. Every week. Every week. We'd love it even more if they did something else, Natalie. Joined us in doing the challenges. And... And let us know about it. Yeah, you guys are really kind of not telling us anything. (laughs) Like, you guys are fucking off. And, yeah, it's kind of quiet. We're lonely. Like, do people give a shit about this? I don't know. Like, we could be eating burgers right now. But we're doing this because we're trying to help ourselves, but we're trying to help other people, too. So let us know. Like, get involved. Social media, you can message us through the website you could leave a comment on the episode mm-hmm. or you could email us it's on the website yeah that would be pretty darn cool it would so um for the do weekly podcast i'm alex vasquez and i'm natalie mathlees and we're here to remind you to keep it doable and we'll see you next week see you next week mm-hmm.